this year is the first year that I have participated in any Pride events. Part of this is personal, but another part of this is that I struggle with Pride. I struggle to celebrate when my trans sisters are killed with impunity, when my trans brothers are demeaned daily, and when my non-binary and genderqueer siblings are erased. And this year, I struggle as our transgender men, our cis women, our genderqueer and non-binary friends' right to bodily autonomy is yet again unrecognized. I struggle to celebrate because sometimes I fear we celebrate for all the wrong reasons. But this year, after many clarifying reflections, I celebrate in defiance of empire in defiance of patriarchy, and in defiance of anyone who wants to take control of our bodies, be they trans bodies, gay bodies, cis bodies, queer bodies. Someone asked me when I started to transition, and the question gave me pause. Was it when I was six and I wanted to play uh, only the women characters in Mortal Kombat? Was it at 10 when all of my friends were girls and I would wear their dresses? Maybe it was when I was in my 20s and I openly started discussing my gender confusion with my family um, and my friends. And every time I would speak to someone, I would be, anyone who accepted me, I would be overcome with gratitude and I was apologetic. I would say, sorry to be a burden or thank you for listening to me or thank you for keeping my secret or I'm sorry to have put you in that position. So perhaps the moment I started to transition was when I decided to be unapologetically me. And that's the theme of this year's Pride celebration. And this is not easy to parse because apologies and gratitude are sacred acts. These are acts that place us in vulnerability to our neighbors and they're acts which recognize our humility. They're acts that remind us that we can't do this alone. So at first glance, to be unapologetic and ungrateful is to reject humility and to reject our interconnection to each other. Like the word pride itself, and that's a word that has, has historically meant excessive self-regard, and it was one of the deadly sins. But like pride itself, being unapologetic and ungrateful in this context is not only good, but necessary. So why be unapologetic? Why have pride? I think the disability rights activist Judith Human says it best in an analogy. So after winning in a fight for laws that require accessibility to public restrooms for people with disabilities, she said, I'm very tired of being thankful for accessible toilets. I'm really tired of feeling that way. If I have to feel thankful about an accessible bathroom, when am I ever gonna be equal in the community? If I have to feel thankful that New York has passed laws in contradistinction to other parts of our country, allowing me to use the, best, the, rest, the restroom in peace, how am I ever gonna be equal in community? Being unapologetic and ungrateful in regards to who we are is a countercultural act that preserves the sacredness of both a thank you and a sorry. 
I think too often we get confused about what pride is celebrating. And I do mean this with all the love to my queer siblings and all of our cis and hetero allies. I think we get too caught up in celebrating so-called victories that should never have been a fight in the first place. The forces who want to control trans people's bodies are the same forces that want to control wombs, the same forces that want to control who you love. Saying we are not grateful for bathroom protections, saying we are not grateful for Oberspell, saying that we are not grateful for Roe is important because it reminds us that we should not have to be grateful for control over our own bodies. We can celebrate these victories, but we should also remember that we do not live in a world that is just naturally progressing toward the good but in a world where sometimes the best we can do is keep the evil out. Being unapologetically us reminds us of the injustice of the world that wants us to apologize for its fragility. Now for years, our disabled siblings have told us about the encroachments on their bodily autonomy. And for years, our black siblings have told us about the forces that press down on their bodies, on their ability to breathe and be, and for years, our trans siblings have told us about the restrictions to a life, of a, to a full life, one that includes access to care for their bodies, care for their lives, and care for their freedom. All over the country this year, trans bodies and trans youth have been the site of a coordinated attack in an escalating culture war. What bodies are allowed to play in what games? Should a public employee be required to respect the basic dignity of a person to own their name and their pronouns? Should youth be provided care that has consistently been shown to save children's lives? And I say this because I think too many have said that the Supreme Court's decision this week is, quote, just the beginning. The fight for bodily autonomy does not stop or start with the overturning of Roe. It is a continuity. Trans rights are human rights because trans rights are fundamentally about the right to our integrity in our bodies, in our self-expression, and in our souls. This continuity in the struggle is not one where we can set down our commitments to other struggles because they are all one. The struggle for women's rights has always been a struggle for bodily autonomy. The struggle for bi, queer, and gay, and lesbian rights has always been that struggle. The struggle for racial justice and police reform is that struggle. Because you know who enforces the abortion laws? The struggle for economic justice is the struggle for integrity for everyone. It is the struggle against white supremacy. We are fighting for our lives, all of us here. We here have been practicing this justice for a long time, and we have been practicing this love for a long time. These are two practices that we cannot lose sight of in the coming years. So what is pride? Pride is justice. Pride is power. Pride is love. Brother Cornell West tells us that justice is what love looks like in public. Pride at its core 
is love in public. Pride is power. And Dr. Martin Luther King tells us that power at its best is love implementing the demands of justice. And justice at its best is love correcting everything that stands against love. Pride is more than a parade and a month of speeches and advertising. Pride is all of the work of justice that is done to protect trans kids, to protect our own bodies, to protect our love. And pride is using any power, using any privilege that we have, and we all have some privilege, to lift our siblings up and make the world not only safe, but joyful for them to be their whole selves. Pride is building a world where we apologize for true harms and not the wounds to patriarchy. Pride is where we remember the wounded, the murdered, the demeaned, the erased, and we celebrate in defiance of the patriarchy that made that possible. In pride, we hold our siblings in love, those who are not able to be visible, for whom it is not safe, those who are forced to hide, and those who are very, very visible. Our UU principles call us to see the dignity of all people in their wholeness. Pride is the resilience this world requires of us. So pride or excessive self-regard is necessary in a world where any self-regard is deemed to be too much. Pride is ungrateful because patriarchy and white supremacy culture deserves no gratitude. Pride is unapologetic because we have nothing to be sorry for, for loving our full selves. We, in all our divine beauty, have nothing to be sorry for, for being our whole selves. Love for ourselves, love for our queer siblings, manifests itself as power, loving justice into being. Power, loving justice into being. May it be so, and amen. Hi everybody, my name is Ember Kelly. I use she and her pronouns, and I am the Director of Religious Education at the Fourth Universalist Society. It's so great to be with you all, and thank you for joining for our Getting the Message, which is the time where we dive into the message from today's service and consider some of the deeper implications and some of the reasons for that, that choice of a message. Uh, and I'm so excited to be joined by one of our amazing super duper sponsored seminarians, Lily. Lily, would you like to introduce yourself to our, uh, our listeners who might not know you? Yes, hi, I'm Lily Olas Karianas. You probably have heard the name Olas before, um, but I have a new name. Um, I go by I go by either. Um, I I, um, I prefer Lily, but Olas is totally fine. Um, so those of you who knew me previously, that's that. Um, and I'm really happy to be here. It's great to have you. So, pride, obviously. It's pride, 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 pride. <laughs> and uh, we have a whole month of pride. Uh, we had our, you know, very pride-ish Taylor Swift message last week. What inspired your message for this week for the official pride service? 
got to do jazz hands for that. You know, <laughs> you know um, uh, I, I always kind of struggle with pride, I think. And so when I, I um, have been asked to, to come and, and speak uh, at this year's pride, uh, part of the struggle is, is that, you know, I, I think I see the importance of celebration and of visibility and um, all of that. Um, but at the same time, I struggle celebrating when there is so much uh, really difficult uh, and hateful things going on across, you know, our country and and um, even at times in our city. And so, it's it's something that like I've never really kind of engaged with, but I was asked to speak, and I thought like, okay, this is a good opportunity to really work out some of those thoughts and kind of understand like what what does pride mean to me in light of you know the state of the world. Um, and so, as as a seminarian, I took a class called Prayer in Defiance of Empire, um, and it was a whole class about uh, essentially how prayer. Um, is is often ways of engaging and stating our intentions and our communities um, to overcome oppression. And it really, I, I think thinking of that in terms of pride really changes idea of like the celebratory part of pride is that defiance of empire, is that sort of defiance of, of anyone who might want to uh, suppress our beings or to prefer that we didn't exist in, in some way or another. And um, that, that celebration is, is kind of like, you know, we're still here, we'll, we're still fighting. I'm gonna put a pin in that to come right back to, but first, uh, were there any, you know, texts or things that you really drew from as you prepared the message? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I uh, took a course with uh, Dr. Cornell West uh, just recently, and it was a course on Gandhi and King, and um, particularly on the, the sort of radical King, uh, Martin Luther King, um, the radical King uh, near the end of his life, who, who was really um, putting forth a message of, you know, uh, equality, uh, like economic equality. And so with the resurgence of the Poor People's Campaign, um, and we know, you know, the disparate effects of uh, poverty on trans and LGBTQ people, especially um, LGBTQ people of color, um, I was really thinking a lot about um, the more kind of um, radical Martin Luther King. Um, and this idea that like, uh, there is a peace, uh, uh, there, there is a work of peace that is not just, uh, that is, that, that is fighting. That is, that is, you know, it's nonviolent, but it is still standing for justice. It is still holding our ground. Speaking of holding our ground. So we are recording this on Friday, um, and the big news obviously just came out of the Supreme Court a few hours before we started recording this um, about the overturning of Roe vs. Wade, um, an event which, you know, as someone who grew up evangelical Christian and like that was, you know, talked about as like the, the dream goal of like, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this, 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 um, it feels particularly worrying 
Um, having having grown up on the other side of that discussion and debate, knowing um, the vision, um, it does feel particularly worrying. And you know, I mean, as you were talking about, like things are very much under attack. We you know see lots of um, transphobic laws and rhetoric being put out there and really normalized. Um, and only with like minor pushback, you know, it's just, you know, when, when someone is, you know, you know, trying to take away rights and then the only pushback is like, Hey, trans people, you're valid. Um, that it feels a little bit lacking in the response. Um, um, when, you know, we see, obviously we've seen issues with, um, state control of, of bodies with police repression, uh, recently. And we've also, um, seen lots of this rhetoric of, I mean, almost reminiscent to me of the early 2000s rhetoric of, of LGBT folks as, you know, like child groomers and that um, there's a secret agenda being put out that it, it seems shocking that all of this is, is happening. And, you know, what, is, what does pride mean? <laughs> what does pride mean in the face of that? What do, what do we do? Um, how do we come together in the face of that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like all all too often we sometimes tell ourselves a story of history that is one of progressively getting more rights uh, for people. So we see this with like, you know, well, when we started the country, there was slavery, but then the civil war happened and there wasn't slavery, but it still wasn't perfect. And then there was civil rights and that was great. And we're kind of moving forward towards more liberty and more freedom. And often the um, LGBTQ kind of story is that way, you know, like, well, the 50s, 60s, 70s, it was really bad. It was really bad. And then in the 80s, you know, lots of good things happen. People push the conversation forward. And every year we're getting closer to better equality. Um, and what we've seen in the past, you know, uh, uh, at least six years, if not more, it's like that that's not necessarily the case. It is not a, a history of just continuous progress. Um, and for a little while now, you know, I, I think that forces that want to control our bodies start with the most vulnerable among us. And so for years now, you know, trans folks have been like this control of our bodies, this control of children, of trans children and trans teenagers' bodies. This is the harbinger for, for what is to come. And so seeing the Roe decision, I mean, these, these are very much the same forces that want to control bodies. And in, in Justice Thomas's uh, sole concurring opinion, uh, he says, you know, the court really should go back and reconsider things like contraception and same-sex relationships and same-sex marriage. Like, this idea of progress moving forward, we're kind of seeing, you know, also a, a progress backwards, I suppose, if you could say, or, or in a, a, more than an erosion and attack. Um, and so pride, I think, is a really good time for that reminder. Like when, when, when folks say trans rights are human rights, I mean, trans rights are a fight to say that we have a right over our bodily autonomy to show up in our fullness. And in many ways, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I, trans folks are standing with, you know, uh, 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 
folks that, that are fighting for abortion rights, um, you know, uh, because it's all about our bodily autonomy, so. Right, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, these these very same, it's it's very intersectional, but, you know, these are, these are the same fight, that they, it is a fight over control, it is a fight over the right to determine uh, to live our lives certain ways versus to have our lives dictated by um, a conservative Christian understanding of uh, Christian scriptures. <laughs> and yeah, you know, and I think, you know, I feel like it's become trendy. I think, honestly, I think Target had it on like a t-shirt, um, like the, you know, first pride was a riot. But I think, you know, I think that it is important to um, remember that, you know, as you said, I think that so many of us got sold on like the progress just kind of happens. And I think that our political system wanted us to be sold on, on that narrative that like, hey, look, like, look at um, this is going on. That means obvious progress. But, you know, what you don't see in those narratives and what really truly drives progress is the fight for progress. Um, that, you know, direct action, being out in the streets, being out building these systems and communities ourselves. Like, these things didn't happen just uh, because of wishful thinking or because time passed. They passed because people were, um, were fighting for them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you said the, um, the notion of riot. And I just, I'm also very conscious at the same time that we're talking about this, many uh, folks are watching the hearings, the, the Jan 6 uh, hearings, and we're kind of reminded of the, um, of the intersectionality of these struggles in, in the sense of um, it is a fight against white supremacist culture, against um, ableist culture, and, and against- Fascism? Fascism. <laughs> I'll say it, I'll say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a, um, yeah, it, it definitely, um, between, you know, between that and the, like, uh, talking to Midwest friends with heat waves in the, the Midwest, you know, um, it's, it's easy to, to embrace pessimism, but, you know, I, I have to, I, I still have to believe at heart that I'm a revolutionary optimist, that I believe that, like, we really can change this world to be so much better. Um, and, you know, to, to me, pride gives the glimpse of that, um, that we can, that we can change this world to be better. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a day by day thing, you know, for all of us. Um, some, some days it's uh, easier to feel optimistic than others. And I think that pride is one of those days where it, it, it gets us a little bit closer to, to feeling optimistic, being, being with so many people, uh, uh, showing up visibly, showing up uh, whether or not they're part of the, the, the community, you know, allies showing up and, uh, um, the, the, the only other thing I, I really think about, uh, with pride, something that, you know, having been somebody who, uh, wasn't completely out, uh, for a very long time, and even before that wasn't out at all, um, is that I, I always just keep in mind that there's a lot of people for whom it is not safe, uh, to be out or is not safe for themselves yet at this point in their lives, um, but I think it's good that we're we're showing up and showing them that you know it's a day for them too. 
Um, Agreed. That seems like a solid place to end it. Lily, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down today. Thank you.